Vibe New Mexico. I'm Andrea Michelle. This is the Valentine edition of Vibe New Mexico, and I'm so honored to welcome New Mexico's very own sweetheart, Danette Marie, multi-award winning female powerhouse. She's a daughter of Darren Cordova, mother, wife, lawyer, entrepreneur, collaborator, and so, so, so much more. She is one powerful woman just breaking through so many different barriers. Welcome, Danette. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so excited that you said yes to being on Vibe New Mexico. It's an of honor. <laughs> I'm like, we, we, we go way back. So. I know. I know. And I tell people, she's always been that cute. <laughs> she's just, <laughs> since she was tiny all the way on till now, I just have been so honored to watch you grow and to know your mom and dad and just the beautiful young woman that I knew you would turn out to be. You and your brothers are just an amazing, amazing family. You guys are awesome. And like I said, the one person that I could not wait and I knew I wanted to plug you in for uh, February for the Valentine edition just because you are a sweetheart. You're just such a genuine and and a beautiful person. You know, you have beautiful parents and and now you're a beautiful mama with a beautiful little girl. And it's just so awesome to watch <laughs> you blossom the way that Thank you have. Thank you. So tell me, how has everything been going now during COVID for you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, we, our, uh, our COVID experience got a, got a little head start with the little one. But we've essentially been locked down for over a year Um because as, as many people know, or anyone who follows me, um, we, uh, we had some complications. Um, baby girl had to undergo heart surgery. So we essentially relocated to Colorado um, to the children's hospital there since December of 2019 um, before she was due. And then we stayed there um, throughout, you know, the surgery. She needed two different surgeries, um, but her heart surgery was the big one. Um, so we stayed out there until about end of March and then we came home literally the week that stay at home orders went out Wow! Uh, <laughs> we, well I was ecstatic to be home we couldn't you know introduce her to the family yeah. or you know meet with anyone we we essentially came straight home and, and have stayed home ever since luckily myself and my husband are able to work from home um, which is a, is a challenge now that she's a little bit more mobile and, um <laughs> And vocal. She's she's very vocal Aww. about what she wants. Oh, <laughs> that is so cool. And I remember, I remember when she was born and, you know, just that excitement. And I do remember that you guys were in Colorado for a while. And it was just such a, a beautiful thing to see those pictures and to see the interaction. And, you know, I got to say that motherhood looks perfect on you. You're a good mama and you can see that mom glow and, if you have any sleepless nights or anything like that, it's not very obvious. So I just want to say yeah. you're doing an excellent job. So, you know, I know that you're part of a foundation that helps with baby girl. Um, what is a foundation? Can you talk a little bit about that so people can know? 
So um, it's actually, this is a good, a good time to do this podcast and talk about that because February is actually heart month. Mm, um, so throughout the month of February, you'll see anyone who's been impacted by congenital heart disease will definitely be posting, um, sharing awareness. Um, one of the big facts around um, congenital heart disease is that one, one in a hundred babies are born with it. Um, it's, It's more common, I think, than we realize. Um, But yeah, it is Heart Month. Um, Lexium Heart Foundation is um, the local foundation here in Albuquerque that helps families throughout New Mexico with medical expenses, um, travel, all of those sorts of things, um, or room and board if they need. Um, A lot of times, while New Mexico has some resources to offer heart families, um, it's such a delicate thing um, when you think about how small the babies are and right. kind of the complexity right. of the heart um, that a lot of times the surgeries needed to be performed um, need to be outsourced. Um, and Children's Hospital in Colorado is the closest that does that. They have their own um, heart clinic and it's called, I think, the Heart Institute. Um, and the team out there is incredible. Um, nice. And, you know, she- the the babies can get follow-up care and their, you know, their regular review appointments, if you will, um, here in New Mexico. But more more times than not, um, families do have to relocate and adjust um, to get their kids the, the care that they need. Um, but yeah, this month is Heart Month, um, and it actually, um, my, the anniversary of my daughter's heart surgery is coming up on the 19th. So um, she did... She did get her surgery during heart month, which was scary because she was less than two months old. Um, but she's doing she's doing great now. And, you know, these babies show you how resilient they are. Yes, um, definitely. It's, it's, a scary, <laughs> it's a scary time and a scary thing for any parent that has to go through this. Um, any type of heart condition is definitely scary. Um, and there are even there are more complex heart conditions than even what my daughter has. Um, we learned a lot about the different, the different conditions that require surgery at such a young age, but, um, yeah, she, I mean, she's doing great and they, I, for something that seemed, um, so scary, I think at the time, it's just amazing how well she's done and how well she's doing now. So, you know, what's so amazing about that is the experience that you went through, you're able to help other parents, you know, ease their anxiety and maybe even giving them that, that shoulder and that listening gear and that compassionate place for them to be able to talk to. And I know that it seems like it is pretty common out there. And a lot of people even maybe realize that you've gone through this. Have you had a lot of people who've reached out to you in regards to this? Yeah, so um, it's funny because when I obviously when we first experienced it, I mean we had we had other you know other things in in wanting to start our family that were going on, um, and then kind of hit with this kind of news was definitely a a, a blow um, that we had to prepare for. But I had remembered um, seeing people on my newsfeed that I knew from high school um, who had experience this with a child of their own and I reached out um so you do that instinctively because it's like you know who else has gone through this and and can maybe shed some light or I see that their their son that has this um is doing well so I know there's light at the end of the tunnel and you know there's treatment for this um and now you know I've had um I've had people who 
you know, are presented with this kind of news that is scary and, you know, it's a lot to digest and figure out, um, reach out, um, especially about having to relocate and, you know, all, all that that entails in in and of itself is kind of a, a challenge um, to me, never in a million years, would I think, oh, me and my husband can be gone, you know, from our home for four months and be perfectly fine. The world keeps turning and we were able to come back like nothing. Um, you know, we had a great support, um, support system. Both of our families were amazing with us, um, but our work and employment was also great. Um, but yeah, we definitely, I've made a lot of connections now with other families and hopefully once things get a little bit safer, we can actually have events. Um, I think this last year, everything has been virtual, but the, the Lexium Foundation, they, um, they do a, an annual walk run for the, for the kids. And it's, mm-hmm. it's more of a walk because the, the kids, they call them heart warriors. They actually do the walk um, with their families. And it's a really good time for everyone to kind of interact and engage. Um, it's a fundraiser. Um, so yeah, I've definitely, you know, become more hyper aware, I would say about, about the issue, you know, following different things on social media, um, to really show, you know, other moms or parents out there that they're not alone. Um, and you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because unless you actually see my daughter's scar, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that she, you know, had to undergo such a such a um, complex surgery at such a young age. Um, And the same thing, I mean, I wouldn't know unless I see someone's scar that they have congenital heart disease um, because they do pretty well. Um, You don't have to have any other um, genetic issues or anything like that um, to have this um, kind of condition. Um, But yeah, I've definitely learned a sense, kind of gained a sense of community um, with other other families who have gone through this and it's, it's not something, you know, that we have (laughs) taken lightly by no means, um, but in any way that we can help or spread awareness or, you know, lend support in any way to other families. That's what we're hoping to do, um, especially as things get a little bit safer. So that way we can actually meet people in person (laughs) because it's all been online at this point. (laughs) And that's so awesome. Just everything, even just virtually that you're so involved and you've laid that foundation yourself, not even realizing to make that connection with other people. And I know, I know I've heard of so many different stories as well with babies who have been born with a heart condition that today are just thriving. And I even know some from family that are just doing such an awesome job and they're like, you know, 30s you know, just doing well. And right. So it's such an awesome thing for you to be able to give that positivity toward where a situation that's very scary. You know, is right. she involved? Yeah. Does she like music at all? Does she like to sing? Does she listen to mama sing? <laughs> so she, she actually really likes music. Um, it's kind of funny because uh, I think um, me and my husband can be a little bit yin and yang with music taste. <laughs> Um, but he's definitely opened my, my ears a little bit more to like rock and, um, some of the like eighties classic rock, um, but even some metal, um, he definitely loves, um, loves that genre. Um, and he plays guitar. Um, he started playing with, um, my band, um, in 2019. So we, we, we collaborate a little bit more now, but yeah, baby girl loves music. So oh. it catches her ear. 
Um, I think one of the ones that she listens to a lot and that she likes, which might be because we went to see a Sebastian Bach concert when Ooh. I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so Skid Row, uh, my husband will put it, put um, some of his songs, some of their songs on and she, she loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I, we listen to a ton of different kinds of music, but anything, anything with music does grab her ear. Um, awesome. And w- what we do even during the day is... Um, like she'll she'll sit through a movie generally like a Disney movie but for the most part what we put on is um the YouTube playlist um essentially it's like all the Disney songs and she'll oh, listen cool. to Frozen <laughs> um she'll listen to Little Mermaid Aww. um the Lion King songs but she likes to go through her her rotation of um Disney songs she has her playlist so we, know, we know she likes it <laughs> Well, we'll see if she if she wants to sing. Um, my niece is actually um, all about Selena these days. So cool. <laughs> so, so we're definitely going to have some some up and coming artists. Um, and my nephew loves uh, rock and roll as well. Aww. So a little rocker. What's your earliest memory, Danette, of you singing? Are you being interested in actually singing? Was it just because it was so normal within your home that you're like, eh, you know, this is just something I, I know I'm going to do? Or was it more of like a moment where you were like, no, I want to do this? Like, it, tell us a little bit about how you started. So um, I think you you all were definitely in our picture <laughs> at the time, as you remember, Um so my dad, when he did the Vasaved album, um, and Vasaved was one of the songs, the title song, um, there was one night that we were all at home, and I think this was this was around the time that he started building this, the home studio, the studio that he has now um, at our house in Taos, and he... I, I can't remember if me and Ryan started singing the song on stage first or if we did the little recording first, oh. but I definitely remember the recording where it was, it was somewhat late at night and my dad, he, we, me and Ryan would sing along to this song all the time, Basavid, and um, my dad, I, I, I don't know if he woke us up. I remember it was night and it, he called us down to the studio and me and Ryan did our own, each of us did a take of that song. Um, and I think Ryan did two takes. We always laugh about it because there's kind of a blooper take, a blooper take that oh. we have um, <laughs> that some people have heard. Um, but it's never been released. Um, but I recorded the song once through and then Ryan recorded it. Um, and that's kind of the earliest that I remember actually you know, being interested in, in singing and, and getting out there. And I remember, you know, when I was that little, my dad had shows. I mean, you guys remember he had shows on the weekends, right. maybe two or three on yeah. the weekends, you know, the weddings, the the bars. Um, so, you know, we weren't at every single show. I would usually stay, um, me and my brothers would usually stay like at my grandma's. Um, and I think Darren maybe was starting to play drums at that time. Yeah, he was. But um, <laughs> yeah, so we, uh, that's kind of the earliest that I remember. And then, um I, I, again, I don't remember if this was my first time singing live or not, but it was definitely, there were definitely a few times at Tumbleweed when I first started yes. singing. Aww. <laughs> was that the song that you actually sang on stage? Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I remember, so... I remember me and Ryan would sing it together sometimes and then I'd sing it by myself. I do, I do remember one time, I think, because, I mean, we didn't know Spanish very well when we were younger. 
Um, we knew some words. Um, so we weren't really aware of the words that we were singing necessarily. But I do remember one time, I think it was at Tumbleweed, that I think Ryan forgot the words and that I forgot the words. And we were both just like, I don't know. <laughs> I think my dad had to save us. Um, but yeah, I do remember singing at Tumbleweed a few times when I was, I think it was about, I was about eight years old. Girl, you need to re-record the song now. <laughs> no, yeah. That'd be and I think awesome. I vaguely remember you would sing a song with the band, right? Yeah, every once in a while. Your dad is so awesome. He would call up and, you know, I'm trying to think. If it, whatever it was, I, it could have been probably Golpe Traidor. But, you know, my earliest memories of you guys are just so funny. You're just such a sweet little girl. Your brothers were... You know, everyone was real quiet, but Ryan would jump off of like the tallest things. He was like crazy wild. And I'd be like, he's hilarious. And your mom would always be like, oh my gosh, you know, she even told me about, um, or I know he was, somebody was telling me about him breaking his arm and everything. And I'm like, oh my Lord. Cause I had just had little Anthony at the time. Yeah. We, we give him a hard time because (laughs) he was a daredevil all the time. Except until he broke his arm. That's right. So That's what you were saying. He, yeah, he. Um, we always laugh about the story because everyone's working hard. Everyone's trying to get the Mother's Day event started. Um, I think we we're setting up for that um, that weekend. And that's when it was, I think, just one day. Um, it was fairly new still um, in the first few years. And there, it was right next to, you know, a playground, a little park area. And they didn't know Ryan was, he was there, but, you know, Evan was over there, you know, helping with the stage. Me and my mom made a store, went to the store to get drinks and stuff for everyone, everyone that was helping set up. And then, you know, we get, me and my mom get a call from my dad that Ryan hurt his arms or fell. Um, And I think what he, what Ryan even tells us um, and said then was that there were some kids there daring him Uh to jump off the swings and go high and go, you know, get as high as he could go. Um, and he jumped and he ended up breaking, I think it was both elbows and a wrist. Oh my God. <laughs> he was, he was out of commission for a while, but we always, me and my other brothers always give him a hard time because we laugh because from that point on, you know, Ryan was much less of a daredevil. I think he learned his lesson <laughs> about jumping off of everything. Oh my gosh. That's too funny. No. And I know I did hear that story and I'm like, really? Cause I just remembered him. He would jump from the highest step. He was just so, he was so full of energy. He was a funny, funny kid. All of you guys are so awesome. And then I remember what I was getting to is your actual first recording song. And I know you sang with mariachi and you played with mariachi through high school did you have any songs at that time that, you know, I do remember the first song that you released and I was like, dang, look, listen to that. And we would just sit there and listen to it. And it's a Priscilla y sus bales de plata. Is that who is the the original yeah. artist? That's right. And I heard that song the other day and I thought about you. I don't know if she was the, I don't think she was she the, wasn't original the original artist because there's a few artists that have done it. I think it's one of those really old songs that we probably can't track down who right. originally did it um but I know a few artists I, I honestly think Jenny yeah I was did just it. gonna um, say that's why I heard it from Jenny and I was yeah. like oh Danette. <laughs> um so I recorded that song on my dad's Ante City album in I believe I it was 2006 I think I was like I was in high school I think I was 16 yeah um and I um so 
essentially there was a big gap in between <laughs> me singing when I was eight or nine. And then, you know, I started again in high school. Um, we laugh about it because, um, the way my dad tells the story anyway, uh, is, uh, you know, that he would ask, you know, when are you going to start singing again? And I would, I would always tell him like the next year, like when I'm 10 or when I'm 11. Uh, and then of course, you know, my brother started in the mariachi and I, I did like, you know, seeing them play the instruments and hearing the girls sing and things like that. And of course, you know, growing up, you know, seeing younger artists, um, at the, the award show, um, and performing, you know, with a lot of um, confidence, right? Like those sort of things definitely inspired. Um, and, you know, I, I was a little bit more shy on stage, you know, I, I you know, worried, what are people going to think? Or, you know, um, oh, this crowd's older, like it's going to be hard to entertain them, right? Um, so I, you know, took a, took a break, let's say. <laughs> um, and then in high school, I did start singing again. So before I recorded Aura Que Estuviste Lejos, I um, started singing with the mariachi again and kind of surprised my dad one day because my brother had the mariachi group. I wasn't in it officially yet, mm -hmm. um, but we were at a family gathering and I, you know, I had already been practicing that song in school at, in, in mariachi class. And uh, I sang it at a party and, you know, I, I know my dad wanted me to sing, but he didn't really pressure me or, you know, force it in any way. I wanted to, you know, I restarted um, and decided to get back into it. And then, you know, from there I started singing Por Un Amor, um, which is a mariachi song, but I also started singing it with the band. And then um, Ahora Que Estuviste Lejos, I would do a couple songs here and there with my dad's band. Um during the shows, um, during his shows. And then we decided to record the one song. And I always remember that song because um, it's powerful words. I, I like the songs with the powerful words right. um, that are, are moving, you know, exactly. and, and um, there's a lot of emotion behind it. But when I released that song, it was really, it was, it was, it was inspiring to me um, to finally uh, like share the stage on similar level, you know, as like you all and, you know, the other artists that I've grown up with um, and, you know, like Ernestine at that time had already been, you know, well-established and, and doing, you know, her thing and to be kind of in the same category or you know doing the same thing and finally you know breaking through and getting out there it was really exciting for me and I, I always remember that first award show because the song was entered I think we were I was nominated for a few awards um and that year I didn't win but what always sticks out to me that year when that song was released is that um I don't even know if my dad actually fully introduced me I don't remember exactly how it happened but I essentially made my de debut on the award show stage, right? It's yes. the place that I grew up, I grew up watching the show. I grew up, you know, at every single, um, just about every single, you know, every single year we were there and it was my first time performing on that stage. And it, it meant a lot. And I, I always remember it because I think people stood up um, when I was done. And so to me, I was like, that was the biggest win. And That's that beautiful. meant the most to me. Um, because it's somewhere I had always, you know, kind of wanted to be, I wanted to be on the stage. Um, I just had a little bit of stage fright and, you know, <laughs> needed to kind of get out of my own head and, and just do it. And after that, you know, realizing that, you know, people did 
like my music and like what I had to do, what I had to say and what I was singing, um, that definitely inspired me to keep going. And then the next one was my, my first full, full CD, um, as, as just me. <laughs> so that was definitely a good, girl, and look uh, at you killing it now. <laughs> now you're out there like killing it. You can't even tell you ever had those nerves. It was an exciting moment oh, yeah. for sure. I remember we were backstage because at that time, I think that you made your debut. Um, we were backstage. We were going to be after you guys, and we got to watch you on the big screen. You know how they're getting you ready for the next yeah. performer. And I was just like, I remember her being tiny, you know, like her long, <laughs> dark hair and her, you know, just an amazing little girl and just you know it's it's an amazing thing it was awesome to watch you grow up and then be out there and and just you said you were nervous but you just were so it just it came so naturally to you and I think that was something that was very very enduring for people to see that and then have such you know a beloved father but then to see that you're following in the footsteps and it just was a nice surprise for people and it was just something that you know, I think people took away knowing that they were going to continue to see a lot more of that amazing talent. And you've continued to provide that talent and to grow in your confidence and to grow in your stage presence where now, you know, you're looked at as, you know, from younger artists coming up as an inspiration and and everything of what they want to be and want to accomplish as far as a female artist here in New Mexico music. You know, you've had such an amazing experience with doing what you're doing, but you also got to collaborate with Ernestine and that kind of took you in a different, a, a different adventure. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How that co collaboration happened and what you guys accomplished? That'd be cool. Yeah. So me and Ernestine, we obviously grown up, you know, in the same arena, um, and we've known each other, um, years right um and we didn't um we didn't collaborate as much and obviously I I was you know I was kind of guest appearing at my dad's shows for the most part mm -hmm. um even though you know we had we had a bunch of different shows but it was a little bit different so I wasn't really doing things um doing my own shows quite yet um and it wasn't until um I would say 2014, 2015, that I started doing things here and there. Where I'm like, yeah, I'll do this, you know, this set by myself um, and, you know, have the guys come and help me um, and help me out with that. And it was at that time that, of course, me and Ernestine were crossing paths a little bit more frequently, right? And we've, we've always gotten along and we always knew each other. Um, so we started, you know, talking and, and hanging out a little bit more. Um, and Ernestine was just somebody who was always so supportive of, you know, all the up and coming artists and very humble. Um, she, she would give the shirt off her back, you know, anything she could do to help. Um, cause she, she was a work, a workhorse in, in what she did as well. And, um, so we started talking and hanging out a little bit more, um, as, as we both got older and, um, it was in 2015, um, I had always wanted to go and check out the Tejano Music Awards and Tejano, that, that area and that arena, right? Yeah. Um, and that genre. Because we work with, you know, we work with producers out there. We work with different musicians out there. Um, my dad's music, I think, for the past at least 10, 10 15 years, um, we've had, you know, a few different Tejano musicians and producers, um, working with us 
And so I'd always wanted to get out there and, and, you know, see them in action and see these people in person that we've grown close to um, from afar. But to to really see and get entrenched in, you know, the Tejano music world, because I like that music as well. You know, I really enjoy it. Um, I've always, you know, tried to extend my my music preferences. um, And I wanted to go check it out and just check out the scenery and the show. And so that year, 2015, I, um, you know, I let Ernestine know, like, hey, I, I'm thinking about going. And she was getting ready to go because she would perform at the fanfare every year. Um, and with open arms, you know, she's like, you can stay with us. Um, so me and one of my cousins, um, we went out there and um, they let us stay there. And Ernestine rented a house um, for her and the band because they had several shows booked that whole weekend and then radio interviews. It was busy, let me tell you. And on top of it, she was recording her album. Wow. <laughs> so she, there was no lost time that whole weekend. Um, so we connected there. And we had, since then, um, when we were making these plans, we had talked about doing a song together, especially since, you know, she was going to be in the studio recording anyways. Um, and we work with the same producer, um, Eddie Perez. Mm-hmm. So I'm familiar with him. He's familiar with me. Um, it was kind of an easy transition for us. But, you know, we had talked about since before that trip, um, doing a song together. And she's like, yeah, let's make it happen. So we put it in, put our plan into action um, and planned to um, do the vocals on that trip. Um, and, you know, we we had a great time. And, you know, she, like I said, she did not stop. <laughs> um, and it's funny because my whole goal in going was I'm, I'm a fan, right? I'm a fan of the music. I want to see all the other artists. Um, I, I obviously listened to Ernestine, you know, most of my life as well, um, and just wanted to see it in action and wanted to see the whole, um, the whole fanfare and how the artists mingle with each other and, you know, the support and the crowd, um, just the whole experience. I was really going as a fan. Um, and I always laugh about this because, you know, that's not how Ernestine would have it. She's like, yeah, I'm going to put you to work. Um, but she's also like, <laughs> She's like, you can sing, so you're going to sing with me, and you're going to do these things, and, you know, we we have these radio interviews, and you're an artist, too, so you're going to come and do these as an artist with me, Um, and she really pushed me out there, and, you know, I think there was one, um, Cuatro Caminos, which is such a standard song, but I had never learned the words, (laughs) and, you know, it's one of the songs that, you know, her band knew, and it's it's one of those crowd-pleaser songs, right? Right. Um, Especially in the Tejano world, Um, you, I mean, you can't go to a Tejano concert without hearing that song, essentially, especially (laughs) Fanfare Weekend. And um, so it's like, oh, you could do this one. It's easy. And I'm like, I've never learned the words. <laughs> so there was a few times um, during the shows that she had where I'm like, I'm going to take my phone because I'm gonna, like, I know how the song goes. I just need these words. Um, but yeah, she definitely pushed me out there and, and, you know, said, you're not just here to, you know, watch. You're going to get up there with me. Um, and that's just who Ernestine was. Um, but yeah, in the middle of all of that, I think she had, she had at least three three shows that I can remember, three performances scheduled that weekend. And then during the day, we would go and check out the other bands at Fanfare, but then she'd be in between running to the studio to record her vocals. Um, there was one point where she went to do her vocals um, to do some other stuff, but then she's like, okay, meet me at this time and we'll do the vocals for our song. So it was kind of like 
it was busy. Wow. <laughs> and so we met her at the studio and, you know, I obviously was very familiar with Eddie. And then uh, she had her, um, her producer manager as well, Pablo, who was there. Um, and Olivia was there as well, her mom. And, you know, they did. It was just nonstop and it was fun. It was, it was, it didn't feel pressured at all. It was very like, it was very natural. Like we're just going to work hard. We're going to get this done um, and we're going to have fun doing it. And that was kind of, you know, the whole vibe that weekend. And, you know, from that moment, I mean, me and Ernestine had not spent that amount of time together. Mm -hmm. um, I think in that realm um, and we definitely, you know, became closer because of that. And after that, it was, you know, the, during the summers, it was like, you can come, you come guest appear at my shows and I'll go on your shows and just this mutual support um, that we definitely tried to, um, tried to keep, um, keep alive, uh, if you will, throughout, you know, the summer gigs with the fiestas and festivals and all of those things. And any chance that we had, if, you know, if I was available when she had a show here in Albuquerque, I would go if, and vice versa, if we had our state fair gig, um, she would come to, to guest appear as well. She would even, you know, go to Taos, um, you know, if she was able to when we had a gig up there. Um, so we, we really tried to show this, you know, this mutual support because um, that's what it's about. I mean, we have to support each other and be there for each other. And I was very grateful because um, in 2018, I think, was the year that we did most of that, um, you know, that mutual support where we were we were at each other's shows the entire summer. And because of that, um, the next year, um, I was definitely getting more calls to do, to do more shows on my own. Um, you know, just, you know, me and the band and, um, she really helped, I think, pave the way to get me there. Cause that's something that has been hard. Um, it's, it's hard to do, you know, especially as we all know, you know, right. when you work full time, you know, you have a lot of things going on. Um, I'm grateful, you know, to be able to to appear for my dad shows, of course. Um, but I also like to do like to do things on my own with the band as well. It's 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 a lot of fun for me to get out there. I like the fiesta shows. I love I love doing those shows with the people of all ages. You know, to see the kids out there dancing. Um, and I was always really grateful to Ernestine um, for helping me, you know, to and supporting me along that way. Um, along that path to get to, you know, a, a place where, you know, people were wanting to see me do my own thing and wanting to see me at these performances. And, um, and you know, for that, you know, I'm forever grateful, um, you know, very, very sad that she can't be here with us um, yeah. anymore. That was a very hard time um, and hard day, I would say, when, you know, we found out everything that happened. Um, but her, energy and her support I think lives on in a lot of us I know that she I'm not the only artist she supported I absolutely know that she was super supportive of everyone and um, I'm always grateful to her for that and you know to her family for always being supportive her mom was like a second mom <laughs> when I was in San Antonio she just you know always looking out for you um, and she's still always you know looking out for us um, and just there and you know that kind of support is definitely something that's needed um when you do this um, right. so I, it's a lot of fun um I will always cherish you know my memories with with Ernestine and the the chance to collaborate with her especially since we had crossed paths so many times 
Um, I'm very grateful that we did finally make it happen. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of fun anytime I would be able to go to her shows and, and get up there with her. As you know, there's high energy dancing, lots of fun. Um, and it was just always a good vibe, you know, anytime yeah, we got to good collaborate. Energy. You know, it's definitely something that we're going to miss is just knowing that, you know, Ernestine was always there to be Inter, to entertain, to bless us with just even her laugh. And she was very supportive, huge, huge Ernestine uh, family here. I, I joke around. I'm like, the girls will always listen to Ernestine. If you, I'm like, you want to hear me sing? They're like, not really. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about Ernestine. And I love it. She just was such a big supporter, even with yeah. Antoinette and all the young kids, you know, and I just, not only the younger kids, but just so many people out there just adore her and miss her so very much but you're right her legacy continues to live on through the music and through the people that she inspired and through everything that she's accomplished you know just even mm-hmm. still today and still continues to accomplish you're actually have face masks and you have some merchandise in it that you're donating as well to her yeah. foundation do you want to talk about that Yeah, so um, we had some face coverings made, and I really like them because they're kind of versatile. You can wear them as headbands. Um, Oh, neat. You can, you know, you you can wear them a bunch of different ways, um, which is why I I liked that, because at some point, we're going to be a little bit more normal, right? We're going to be able to to go out and about a little bit more freely. Um, But, you know, right now, you know, it's all about being safe, and, um, you know, a part of, you know, what I'm what I wanted to do now, and I, I stay in touch with Ernestine's mom, you know, my heart always goes out to them. Um, they were great people and, you know, they're, they're amazing. And I love that family. And, um, you know, they're working on the foundation ever since Ernestine passed away, they put together the foundation, the Ernestine Romero foundation to, um, to, you know, help provide scholarships and support for the community. And I know that they are very close to their long-term goals to, to, you know, keep the funds there. So that way they can give back. And, you know, in Ernestine's name, you know, something that she, she was a big community supporter. And I think this is a great way to honor her. So what I've been doing is, um, you know, with the, the face coverings and then my, um, Para Mis Padres CD, which has the song that Ernestine and I did together, um, any purchase of either the CD or the face covering will get, um, I'm going to donate $7 each purchase to the foundation. Um, and then, you know, obviously from the profits, I'll um, contribute as well as much as we can um, with what we, what we raise that way. So that's what we're doing now. Um, it's on my website. You can purchase there um, through the link. It's DanetteMarie.com. Um, but definitely want to support. And, you know, my long-term goal for this, which I know other artists definitely share this, um, is to hopefully put together some sort of benefit concert um, where we can raise money and share music um, the way yes. we know how <laughs> um, for this in the long in the long run. Um, unfortunately, with COVID, we can't do a whole lot of that right now, but, you know, trying to do what we can um, to raise funds and, and, and awareness and, you know, help, help the community and help the foundation. Um, so they can provide scholarships. Um, and I think that's the long-term goal. So any donation or purchase help, you can also, uh, donate directly, um, to the foundation. And I can't remember the site off 
the top of my head, but I know it's the Santa Fe Community Foundation, and then you just find the Ernestine Romero page, um, and you can donate directly as well. So just trying to totally trying cool. to do what we can um, and, until we can get together and have a party and raise money that way. Right. This is this is what we're doing. You know, and it's it's still it's important and it's valuable and this everything that she's accomplished she deserves to have the notoriety along with this and her music and the fact that you're doing and donating the way that you are it just speaks so much about the type of person that you are Danette and how giving and how much you want to give back to the community you've done so much along with Ernestine but you've done a lot on your own as well and I think that just shows so much about the New Mexico artists and how important it is for you to not serve and just entertain but to provide for the people who listen and support New Mexico music all the way around and it's very commendable and I just can't say enough amazing things you come from an amazing family like I said before they've always been very genuine I would sit there and have our conversations with your mama you know while the guys are performing or while they were practicing or whatever they're doing and it gave me that opportunity to kind of see and get to know you guys as a family and really just value that friendship and then to watch you guys grow and to see what you've accomplished today and what a prestigious young woman you are and now a mama and doing everything you're doing it's just it's an amazing thing and I think that people really want they're curious and they want to know because they they recognize genuineness within this family and the way that they uh communicate and the way they interact with the public and that definitely speaks so much even for you yourself, people can see that warmth and that person that you are on stage and not just on stage, but even just through social media by doing what you're doing for Ernestine. So I just can't tell you how excited I am that you even said thank you. And you're just a book of knowledge for this Vibe New Mexico. Attention Nortenias. You can officially order your Nortenia gear. Nortenia gear is perfect for the Nortenia who loves to hunt, hike, fish, or do anything outdoors, but still wants to look beautiful. You can find this merchandise on www.christinaperea86.wixsite.com or find me, Christina Perea, through Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I wanted to ask you, who are the people who you growing up music wise and even today, what do you listen to? What do you aspire? What are your future goals and dreams and expectations for music and the people who you really look up to as far as in music? Because I know people want to hear that out there. They want to know who does Danette listen to? <laughs> who does Danette? Who inspired Danette? <laughs> I listen to so much. Um, I, I'm always trying to learn, you know, I'm always trying to, um, you know, uncover different artists that maybe I've never heard before, but Hey, they have a good thing going. Right. Um, so I try and find inspiration wherever it comes. Um, because there's, you know, there's something to be said. It, it doesn't matter to me, you know, how famous you are or if you're on top or not, you know, is, you know, if I hear, a song and the lyrics move me or, you know, the music behind it is really touching my heart. You know, that's, that's kind of what I look for. 
Um, you know, and there's so many artists I could name that I listen to. I definitely look up to, um, I guess more, more locally <laughs> in our, in our circle. Um, <clears throat> Stephanie Montiel has always been such an inspiration, um, not just her music, but she is such a sweetheart as well. And she just, um, embodies kind of this hard work and the talent, like her, vocals um are so so inspiring and I've always ever since I was a little girl I've always looked up to her I remember when we got the radio stations in Taos um they had her I think my dad maybe did a I want to say we did a New Year's this is in the time I wasn't really singing at the time um I was probably like 10 if I remember correctly when I first met her in person um, and of course, Phil Fernandez knew her because he used to play with her in her band. But um, she came to Taos and um, they were doing some promotion stuff with the radio. And I remember meeting her at that time and, you know, I've known her ever since. And she, her vocals are powerhouse. There's no doubt about it. Um, when she agreed to, to come, you know, when we did the tribute for Ernestine, that was a moment that I'll always remember being able to to sing with Stephanie, one of her songs um, for, in honor of Ernestine, um, a song that she sang with Ernestine. Um, but she's definitely someone I look up to a lot. Um, her and Gabe work tirelessly. Like they, they put in the work and you can hear it in the quality of, of music that they release and produce. And it's, it's inspiring um, yes. because a lot of it is very homegrown. I know, Gabe does not, you know, it's not, he's not, you know, spending thousands of dollars on, on equipment necessarily. He has a lot of talent and Stephanie, you know, adds her vibe to it and they just together do, do incredible things. So I definitely look up to Stephanie, um, always, you know, inspired by Selena and her journey, her story as well. Um, you know, that's, you know, always going to be something that's inspiring but I what I can say is you know when I was little seeing the artists um close to my age or you know maybe a little bit older but still you know either young um 10 12 or teenagers um when I would see them get on stage um so Ernestine definitely in that category um and yourself Andrea (laughs) um, your vocals are are your vocals are top notch in my book. Um, and, you know, seeing, you know, other female artists, I think when I was growing up, you know, obviously I was very enmeshed in the New Mexico music um, genre, right? I would go to the fiestas. I would go, you know, wherever my dad was performing, that's where I was. Um, but I would want to stick around and see the other artists. Um, anytime I would see any female vocalist or artist get up there and sing and you know just have such confidence and and belt it out and you know things like that were always inspiring and and there are so many that I've definitely crossed paths with um and you know who I listen to I listen to you know Selena I listen to Graciela Beltran I listen to you know like I said Stephanie I listen to Shelly Lares I listen to Elida um I listen to um one of my favorite um, English artist is actually Martina McBride. Oh, her vocals are right. outstanding. And I love singing along to her songs. Like that's, you know, it, it, they're challenging, but I just love, love her, her little raspiness that she has. Um, right. The vocals are, are, are amazing. Um, and then, you know, I, I also love Marco Antonio Solis, you know, his, 
the lyrics be behind his um, songs are always so so moving and so touching. Um, and I know we were talking about this earlier before we we got on. Um, you know, Jenny Rivera, I'm you know entrenched in the show right now, <laughs> like <laughs> Just everybody. learning her history. Yes, it's, it's amazing, and I, I, was, I was actually surprised I hadn't, you know, obviously it wasn't on Netflix and as accessible before, but um, surprised I hadn't gotten into it before, um, but I had always, you know, I, I'm not huge on the banda genre necessarily, mm -hmm. but when it comes to lyrics, right. for me, if the lyrics are moving, I can listen to a banda song, no problem, Right. when the lyrics are that touching. Um, and that's why, you know, Graciela Beltran has done some stuff that's very Norteño, almost. Um, I think she worked with some of the guys from Intocable on one of her albums, and I love that album. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually covered a few of her songs. Um, but she also does banda, primarily. And um, it's funny, because um, sometimes you hear people like, oh, I can't stand that banda music. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, no, if you take a second and, you know, start listening to what they're singing and listen to the words, it's it is, it's moving. It's and, life. you know, I, I focus on words. I, I'm not just, you know, oh, I, I can't listen to that type of music. I'm going to turn it off. You know, I have to like sit there and, okay, they're, they're saying something that's really meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I felt about, you know, Jenny Rivera and her songs because her lyrics are probably some of the most powerful lyrics from a female artist I think that that you can find um but the same with Graciela Bertran she has some amazing songs that are only recorded in banda banda right. style mm -hmm. and um to me that you know it didn't it doesn't completely turn me off if you know the lyrics are there like I listen to the song as a whole um and I'm all for powerful lyrics so when I hear something that you know that resonates with me that I can relate to um that definitely, you know, stays with me. But yeah, I, I listen to a, lo a lot, <laughs> a lot of different artists, a lot of different songs. Um, like I said um, earlier, my husband definitely has me into into some more rock, <laughs> rock genres <laughs> as well, classic rock, um, some of the 80s rock um, as well. And like I said, I love listening to the lyrics. And, you know, we went to see Pat Benatar, um, I think a few months before we had the baby. And that was an amazing, even now, her and her husband do an amazing job um, performing. There's just such chemistry there. Right. Um, so, yeah, my, my taste is all over the board. That's like <laughs> um, me too, girl. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for good lyrics and good vocals. <laughs> well, you know, do you, any, speaking of like Jenny Rivera and Graciela Petran, and we see that, of course, like women have been coming up and within the past decade or so, a lot more women have been coming up. And I think Jenny kind of set that, you know, what is it, that road for being, you know, speaking her mind as a woman and being very powerful mm -hmm. as far as, you know, and she obviously we see through the series, it didn't come as easy as, you know, it, it could have came for her. She really did have to work and she really did. Do you think that had to do with the fact that she was, and I do, but I want to hear your opinion, um, a woman. And do you think it's harder for women in this industry than it is for a male? So, yeah, I mean, I think I think that was a big part of it. I mean, you see in the series the struggle that she had with, um, well, I just want to be a mom, right? Like, right. I just want to be a mom. Um, and, you know, her dad is kind of pushing her to be a singer because he sees that she can sing and she has it. 
Um, but she's like, no, I just want to be a mom. And I think, um, some of it comes out too with her mom kind of saying, like, I taught my daughters wrong and, you know, things like that. Um, because she is deep down, she was always, you know, meant to be a, an artist the way right. she is. Um, to me, I did not realize how late her career started. Um, you know, I just assume everyone starts singing when they're, when they're little and then eventually, you know, it starts doing it more professionally. Um, But I didn't realize, I guess, how much she kind of resisted, you know, getting into it um, more professionally. And then she did it kind of as a a gift to her dad. And it's like, well, I'm not really going to do this. This was just for you. Um, But, you know, I do think it it is harder. And I think for, you know, when I see the series, um, Jenny was definitely in a male dominated era, you know, with the, the banda music, especially like their, um, the banda Norteño type, you know, genres, um, you know, you don't hear a lot of females in that, in that arena. And then, you know, Jenny Rivera started doing, you know, her thing, um, and Graciela as well. And Graciela has her own flair, um, the way she does her music also. But yeah, I think it is, it's hard to do this, um, you know, as, as a female, um, because, you know, there, you see that even, you know, early on in the series when I think her and her brother were there and they hear kind of the producer say like, I'm, you know, I'm just doing this as a favor, um, you know, not because she's talented and all of those things. And, and to me, I was really inspired the fact that that motivated her. Um, like I'll show you, you know, just how, how good I am. Um, and I'll make you want more. Um, and I really liked that about her. And I also liked, you know, they tried to body shame <laughs> of sorts right. with, you know, how she looked and how she appeared because she wasn't, you know, the model looking um, artist um, that that people are familiar with. And, and I liked that she really embraced it because, um, yeah, there is a lot of pressure, um, I would say, on, on female artists in general to do um look a certain way or be a certain way or you can't say the wrong thing um and it's funny because I always joke about it because I grew up you know I grew up with my dad doing music and around you know mostly male musicians and I have three brothers so I don't have any sisters um so I you know I I think Ryan always tells me like you're just a cool dude with long hair or something (laughs) (laughs) because we like we joke and you know I I don't um I try not to, you know, get easily offended or, you know, or, you know, those stereotypes that come like, oh, watch what you say. There's a female here. I'm like, I've heard it all. Like, right. Yeah. You're like, like, whatever. Anything. <laughs> um, but you definitely get some of those vibes. And I, I it also carries over, you know, I'm I'm also a, a lawyer um, and it carries over there as well. And I think um, women are definitely making more of an appearance and, and doing more. Um, and that's one of the things that I loved most about Jenny Rivera is that she, she was a whole lot of woman, but she wouldn't let anyone tell her, you know, you're not this or you're not that or pressure her one way or another. She was going to do what she was going to do. And it comes off in her lyrics, just right. how, you know, secure in herself she was and she wasn't going to take any crap from anybody right like that was that was one of the things that we gathered from her even without knowing her backstory which I think is is really telling as well um I knew that just through her music because of how she communicated you know 
her feelings and through the lyrics and just how powerful they were, I knew she was strong and I knew that she was, she wouldn't, you know, let somebody tell her what to do. Um, but yeah, I think it's, there's, there's a lot of stereotypes that comes with it and it is hard. It is hard for a female artist to do well, <laughs> um, or to overcome some of the stereotypes or the, um, the pressures, you know, that are there, um, in, in this kind of industry. But, you know, that's one of the things that I really like, you know, when I hear powerful, um, I, I, I laugh with my husband. So I'm like, she, she writes the man hater songs. Like she has all these <laughs> man hater songs and I love it. Like, I, I, I mean, I think anyone with any life experience definitely has, you know, encountered um, the type of men that she's talking about. Right. Like it's, it's very universal and right. you don't have to be genuine to know what she's talking about, because I think on some level, everyone can relate. Um, either you have a family member who's dealt with a bad situation or you yourself. Um, so that's what I really loved about, about her style is that she was really telling them how it was right. and without, without fear, without sugarcoating it, she was telling it like it is. And that's what I really like about her songs. I agree a hundred percent and even more. It's just a very real person and putting it out there and not being afraid and maybe, you know, her history or her background had a lot to do with that and the things that she saw. But in a lot of times within, you know, the Hispanic homes, you do see that patriarchal system that's set up where women aren't allowed to kind of push the buttons and they belong in the kitchen and they belong raising children and they cannot be, you know, entrepreneurs and they cannot be artists and they cannot be, you know, these independent people because this is what the culture has taught so for women to push right. down those you know those those barriers and say no and start to come forward it's a little bit harder I still think that even in the within the industry itself even in New Mexico it's still it look the, people look at it as wow but it's still there's still more that you have to push through where it's kind of more easily available for a male than it is for a woman has to work a little bit harder because you're right you have to keep up this image and you can do both you can have a family and you can be a performer and you can do you know be a lawyer and you can be a you know whatever you, you want to be but yet there's still those certain little people that have their mindset a different way and sometimes you have to really kind of get a tough skin a thick skin and push through that and be you know resilient and in, in what you're trying to accomplish right. in order to continue to do what you're well, doing I, think I was I think I was asked um I can't remember if it was someone at a show or I don't remember who it was uh, but yeah, when I was pregnant, I, one of the questions that I got a few times, I think, was, oh, are you going to keep doing music? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm having a baby. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it was kind of a, an odd thing. But then I think about it and it, it, I, from what I remember, I think it did come from someone who was older, right. um, maybe has a more, you know, old school mentality, a little bit more traditional, but I'm like, I'm not going anywhere yet. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, especially for me and my husband, my husband plays guitar for us. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we have, um, we, we have baby now. Um, but yeah, of course I'm going to keep doing music. I, I love doing music. Um, you know, how, how far, how much further I think I want to push it is kind of, that's the balancing act. Right. You right. know, cause I, I do have, um, a lot of responsibilities at work as well, um, as does my husband. 
but you know, I, I, I want to keep recording and keep doing it. Me and my brothers love it. Uh, my dad as well, you know, we, it's, it's enjoyable and I want to keep going. And I always, when I, I refer to last year, cause I, in my mind, we haven't lost a whole year. <laughs> you know, I keep referring to like, Oh, we, we had shows all summer, but it was actually in 2019. Yeah. My time, my time is all, you know, messed up <laughs> as far as, you know, when things happen, but yeah, in 2019, that was probably the most, Solidly, I think that I've had um, performances lined up. Um, we did a lot of festivals and a lot of different things. Um, and then, of course, you know, with you and the girls, we did some stuff for Ernestine as well. Um, but that was probably the busiest summer, and I loved it. I mean, I, I loved performing and, you know, meeting new people and, and doing those things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, summertime, as you know, is probably the busiest time, you know, when you're in New Mexico, the New Mexico music scene, that's when things really pick up and get busy. Um, but yeah, we want to record me and my brothers are talking about it. Um, now, you know, as far as what we're going to do coming up and hopefully it, it looks like things are getting better now that we have a vaccine. Right. Um, so my hope is that we can get into the studio and, you know, get together to, to put out some more music. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really funny. Anytime I got that question, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere, guys. <laughs> I, you know, and I would hope not. That's the thing. Like right away, people start thinking differently and you're thinking a complete different way. And that talent that you have not being used to bless other people would be such a sad thing and such a waste. And so I'm so happy. Danette, tell us a little bit about, you know, some ideas maybe that you're going to be doing now. You say you're going to be recording and releasing. Are you coming out with anything new anytime soon? Um, so I have, I have some thoughts, <laughs> um, you know, on some cover songs that I want to do, um, you know, obviously with my, my daughter's situation, um, has definitely shed light on some other things and other feelings that, you know, awesome. I, I, would, I, I've done the man hater songs, I've done the <laughs> love songs, um, but, you know, having my daughter and, you know, the experiences that we had, you know, with everything that she needed so early, um, after she was born, you know, it's definitely shed light on a lot of other emotions and other feelings that I definitely want to share through music as well. So I have some ideas on that. Awesome. Um, and then I also have plans to um, do, um, do a, I believe, two more songs with um, Gabe, Stephanie's husband. Um, he produced um, Quizás Estoy Bailando, which we did a quarantine, quarantine song with the guys yes. um, when quarantine first started. And... Um, uh, he also produced Suéltalo, um, which is a cover, um, but he wrote Quizás Estoy Bailando as well. Um, so I have some plans to do um, a, a couple more with him. Um, I really love his style. I like to dance. Um, anyone who knows me knows I like to dance. Um, and, you know, I I enjoy, you know, doing the upbeat songs. Um, I also enjoy doing the ballads because it, it gives me an ability an opportunity to really um, belt it out. So right. to speak. Those are kind of some of the, the more empowering moments is when you can really share that emotion um, yes. with a, a ballad um, or a power ballad, you know, like they call them. But yeah, I, I have some plans. Um, it's just hard with, uh, you know, with COVID and everything. Cause my brother with this last CD, we've kind of progressed a little bit with how we, how we do things. Um, but this last CD was really 
the most homegrown, I would say, we've had, you know, as far as our projects go. Um, my brother, Darren, definitely took the lead on on the production side, but we really spent a lot of time together um, with uh, Russell and Ryan, really hash out what the songs would sound like and the structures and all of that. So once we're able to more safely get together, I think we will. I've talked to Darren and tried to push him to do things over like FaceTime or, or right. Zoom or something. <laughs> um, he's like, it's just not the same. It's not the same. I was like, I know, but we got to do something. So I'm just, I, I have the itch, right? The itch, I really right. Want to, <laughs> I want to record some more. I have a little home studio set up now um, that, you know, we can get some stuff done. And my husband also wants to do some, some, uh, fun uh english covers as well oh. so he's he's pushing me a little bit outside of my my norm yes um, girl. but i like it i mean i, nice. I like <laughs> i like i like performing so <laughs> yeah so anything that you can leave us with to inspire people coming up any kind of advice mentorship or words danette that you can share with even young girls who aspire to be danette you know in the next 10 years what can you leave with us and the thought that you could leave with Vibe New Mexico? Um, I would say always stay true to who you are. Um, you know, that's something that we hear a lot. And I think like those words really come to light, you know, when you find yourself being pulled in different directions and not knowing, you know, is this what I should be doing? Is this what I, you know, how are people going to react to this? Um, but what really speaks to you, like for me, I, you know, I think as artists, we all have our favorite songs. We all have songs that we enjoy performing more than others. Um, even if it means uh, maybe the crowd might not like this song as much. <laughs> um, I know me and my dad always joke about this. It's like, oh, that's a little out there. <laughs> but I'm like, like, no, it's, it's fun. It's fine. It's okay. Um, the, I'll, I'll make them like it, right? Um, and I actually saw that with the Selena series a lot too. And, and I loved that, you know, right. that part was like, I really want to perform this English song and we're just going to make them like it. Right. Right. <laughs> um, or like, or like Kelly, you need to write a song in Spanish, but that would, that sounds like it's in English and would do well if it was in English. It's like this whole complicated thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the conversations, you know, I even had with Stephanie and, you know, even Ernestine, it's like, you have to, you know, know what, who you are as an artist and musician. And it's hard when you're starting out because I think you might have family members that are going to tell you, Oh, you need to sing this song. This is such a good song, but maybe it doesn't speak to you. And maybe it doesn't reflect, you know, what you want it to reflect or what you want to show as an artist. Right. Um, so that's one of the big things I think that, you know, I definitely um, tried to try to hone in of my own, um, you know, by you know, being more involved in the production side and really communicating with my brother or Eddie or my dad, you know, what I want. Um, you know, Darren will say that I'm picky. <laughs> my brother will say that I'm picky, but I'm like, even if I can't communicate it the way, you know, the best way, because, you know, I don't speak music theory as well as my brother does. Um, eventually we figure it out and we figure out what Danette is trying to say. Yes. <laughs> That's kind of, you know, how it goes. But I would say, you know, be true to who you are. And if a song, if you don't get those feelings in your heart, in your soul, when you're performing a song, then maybe it's not the right song. Um, you know, and that's something I've always tried to do is, you know, sing songs and record songs that really resonate with me and 
you know, give me that feeling, those butterflies in my stomach anytime I perform it or anytime I hear the intro um, lead of the song, you know, I, that's my goal is to sing songs that speak to me that way, because chances are they're going to speak to other people that way when I sing them because I'm feeling them. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, that I think um, any up and coming artist should, you know, try to do. And it, it's a navigating, you know, it, 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 it's a journey. And sometimes it's not going to, you know, come as naturally. And you might, you know, do some songs that, you know, maybe are not fun anymore, or, you know, maybe you don't like them anymore. Um, but that was one of the big conversations I had with Stephanie. And I'll always remember it is, you know, she signed with um, Sony, you know, a long time ago. And, you know, there are some songs that I love of hers, but maybe she doesn't. And the same thing with some of my songs too. Like there are some songs that maybe, you know, one of, you know, the people in the crowd might really love, but I, you know, I don't feel them as much. Um, And I think that's one of the big things is I try and find that balance. Um, But the more, you know, the more I've been doing this, um, the more I really try and keep those songs, you know, to be true to who I am um, and, you know, to really try and communicate that feeling and that emotion um, and, you know, the, the meaning behind the songs. Um, but yeah, keep, you know, work hard too. <laughs> That's a big one. Right. Excellent. Um, nothing, Excellent. Nothing, nothing in this industry comes easy. So working hard, yes. um, you know, don't, you know, don't be disrespectful. Remember where you come from. Um, you know, there are, you know, there's good people in New Mexico and I, I love, you know, the, the community that we all have as artists. I love, you know, I love the reunions that we have, (laughs) whether it's, you know, the (laughs) award show or, or festivals or, you know, anything like that. I love reuniting with people, especially, I mean, seeing you guys, Andrea and um, Anthony Bones, (laughs) Um, you know, I, I love, you know, reuniting. All of you have a piece of our history and all of you, have been a part of either when I was five years old or, you know, eight, 10 growing up, I, you know, we've all grown up together and, you know, you've seen us grow up. Um, we've seen your kids grow up, all of those things. Um, you know, I always try and remember that and, you know, stay humble, stay true, um, and work hard. That is so excellent. I'm like, wow so inspired. And I'm so happy that you left people with that message because a lot of people, even that we worked with or that we're working with are coming into the music and it's so discouraging for them. And, you know, for, for us, it's like, just have fun and like what you're doing, love what you're doing, love it so much that that's what you want to continue doing in the way that, like you said, that you're true to yourself and you find that balance of what you're trying to be and trying to you know don't focus so much on trying to please other people before you feel fulfilled within your music and your art and the fact that you said that and those are such profound words for people something that of course they're going to listen to because it's Danette saying this because you're already looked at you're so young but you're looked at as this wise wise person that goes out there and has just again this essence of of peace to herself and you know what you've accomplished and what you continue to accomplish it's gonna it lays a big a big inspiration on people that they can say wow you know and look at that and I've had people call me and message me with Vibe New Mexico and say I like when Antonio said this or I like when they said that and 
you know, people are listening. So the fact that you can give that advice, not just for music, but for anything about being true to yourself and, you know, and remembering where you came from. I think that's the golden rule of anything that you aspire to do. So thank you so much, Danette. You are so amazing. I love you so much. You're such an amazing mama, an amazing woman, amazing artist, and all of the above. And I'm just so thankful that you gave us this hour to come out on Vibe New Mexico and share your sunlight with all of us. Listeners, can't thank you enough, and I can't wait till we can get together. <laughs> thank you. I'm so, I'm so grateful to all of you um, for your your friendship and your support as well. Um, like I said, we go way back and, yes, you know, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that we're, we're here and, you know, now we, we can, um, you know, share these experiences a little bit more, um, more as adults, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, I can't wait till we can hang out again. Um, maybe do some <laughs> projects together. Yes, ma'am. Um, so we can see you all. <laughs> we're already brainstorming, right? It's just, again, COVID. We get so like, we're animadas and then all of a sudden we're like, oh shoot. And then we're like, okay, we're, you know, it's kind of that roller coaster to stay in balance and try and we just got to do it. That's what you got to do. It's like cleaning, yeah. cleaning house. Yeah. You know, you don't want to do it. You got to, you got to go do it. And then once you're doing it, you're like, yes. And then you're happy yep. afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks yep. Jeanette so much. Love you girly. And we'll talk very soon. Love you too. Thank you. <laughs> Y por mi culpa acabará No me acuses por favor Esto es algo que odio hacer No te Thanks.
Adiós.